so you said uh, uh, president, then you brought in Putin. Yeah. So then that uh, uh, discourages for somebody to think they can make real change. Okay. Yeah. So two questions. One, if you are the president today, I'm sure you've thought about it. Yeah. What policies would you attack? Right now in America, uh, I watched RFK. I don't know if you listened to the recording uh, yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What he said about the angle he would take with pharma. He says, all these things we're talking about guns. He says, how is it that we have the same amount of guns as Switzerland does per capita, mm -hmm. but Switzerland hasn't had a school shooting in 21 years. Yep. We had it 21 hours ago. Yep. And we just had one last night, by the way, big one. I don't know, in Virginia, I want to say, right? Seven shot. Yeah, seven people shot just yesterday, right? Every day, there's Every day, you're talking about fentanyl, you're talking about the drugs, you're talking about LGBTQ, you're, you're talking about military industrial complex, economy, taxes. What, what would be top three issues you would uh, attack if you were uh, president today? If the, and that's so interesting because before I answer that question, that ties back into what we were saying earlier about men's mental health. They pretend they give a shit about men's mental health. But if you come along and actually advocate and tell men how to be happier. I've been a sad man and a happy man. I am a man. I know exactly how it feels on all ranges of emotion. And I'll be honest with you right now. When a man is sad, yeah, there is an inclination towards aggression. That's how we're born. That's how we're evolved. We're evolved with that inclination towards aggression. We need that to protect and provide. That's who we are. We need that bravery. But having a bunch of depressed, sad men who have no emotional control is dangerous for society. I say this all the time. They try and pretend that I'm somehow dangerous for society by telling men to stand up for themselves and be masculine. Absolutely not really not. When you tell a man to have no emotional control and be more feminine, that's a school shooter. A school shooter is not a man with masculine accountability. He's a man who's told, act how you feel all the time. Then he gets picked on for long enough, throw on some drugs on top his psychiatrist gave him, throw in a lack of a girlfriend, and he's had enough. That's where school shooting comes from. School shooting does not come from men being masculine. It comes from the absolute opposite of these things. And they know this. They know this very, very well. To fix society, we have to fix that at the most base level, the root level. I think America and most countries need more transparency and understanding of how things work. But when they're attacking the family unit, they're attacking all of these issues. Every issue you've just labeled all starts down, back down to the beginning. I really think the reason I would like to argue, and I don't know any of the statistics on this, in the 1950s, I'm sure there was prevalence of guns all around America, but there just wasn't the school shooting. Why? What was different? What was different in the years before that there is now? I think it's just because children obeyed their parents and their parents were a family and there was a degree of responsibility that was instilled inside of people and there's a degree of accountability and also there was a degree Great of honor question. and pride. Great question. There's a degree of honor and pride. Yeah. I'll tell you something now. I bet in the 60s, 70s, whatever, in any country in the world, people didn't want to do dumb shit because the family would be known as criminals. The last name would be tarnished. Their son did this. You hear what their son did? There was a whole, there was a vested interest in all of it. Now you have a school shooter who's going to go out there, be a piece of shit and kill people. And then their parents are on TV while, yeah, he was failed by the system. They don't even feel any shame. It's unbelievable. If one of my children or someone close to me did something that heinous, I would be disgusted. I would, I would apologize just for the sake, just for the name alone. There's no honor left. There's no pride left in the name. And this is what happens when you remove honor and pride from people. If you have no honor and no pride, nothing really matters. What matters anyway? It doesn't matter if you're out of shape. It doesn't matter if your kid's a piece of shit and a criminal. Nothing matters without honor and pride. And this is done on absolutely every level. I said this to Tristan the other day. I was actually saying we were driving. Well, the other day, long, long time ago. <laughs> I haven't left the house in a while. We were driving and I said, every, even on the most base level, I said, every building is ugly. Have you noticed that every new building is ugly? It's ugly. Just goes, yeah, it's all the same glass, big square, ugly building. In the 1400s, we built these ornate, 
gorgeous buildings. And now everything's ugly. Why is that? And well, I'll tell you why it is. It's because they don't want you to have any intrinsic attachment to a specific place. If of all the buildings are beautiful in a specific town, you have intrinsic attachment to that town. You care about that town. You want good things for that town. You'll protect that town. You'll defend that town. What, what is that? That's a barrier. That's a parameter. If everything looks the same all the time, you'll just move. Who cares? Oh, they've messed up San Fran. Who cares? I'll move somewhere else. I'll move somewhere else. It's all the same. Globalism, doesn't matter. It's all the same. Buildings in Berlin and New York, they all look the same. Where's all the beauty gone? When there's beauty, you have an attachment to that beauty. They want to remove all your attachments from everything. Even now, when they try and psyop you into, let's say, the, the way that models all look different than they used to before, right? Models all look different. Victoria's Secret. Yeah, and I was arguing this point. And someone's saying, oh, but that's because you have Euro Eurocentric beauty standards. I said, no. I'm going to correct you because I know you think you sound smart using the word Eurocentric. And I'm going to correct you because you're a dumbass. <laughs> Let me tell you what beauty standards are. Beauty standards, by definition, for something to be beautiful, has to at least be unique. If everything is beautiful, then it's not beautiful. If everything's beautiful, then it's standardized. For you to take a model who looks the way they look without any effort at all, and they look like most out of shape, uninteresting people on the street, you cannot call that beautiful because it's standardized, you can see it everywhere. Beauty means it must have been difficult to obtain. Whether it's a building, it's difficult to make because it's ornate, or a woman who's trained really hard to have a beautiful figure, that is difficult. Difficulty and beauty are linked. You can't have beauty without difficulty. You cannot show me another model and tell me that my Eurocentric beauty standards are saying she isn't hot, because that's not why. She isn't hot because she's made no effort. She hasn't tried. That's why. And they're doing this with everything. Everything is ugly. Nothing has a standard. Nobody has to try for anything. No parameter. No baseline belief of what's true and what's false. Everything's subjective. Your truth. No, there's the truth. There's no such thing as your truth. And this is an attack on every single level. They're assaulting us from everywhere. Even the buildings they build are assaulting you. So you can't even just drive through a town and go, wow, look how much energy has been put into this place. I love this place. I will not allow them to do it to this place. Now it's just like, ah, we can move there. Ah, let's move there. It's all the same anyway. It's all a Starbucks on the corner and a 7-Eleven. Who cares? It's all the same. Why fight? Why fight for any of it? This is, it's all done purposefully. I'm telling you, there's, call me a conspiracy theorist. Call me crazy. I don't understand why an architect would now decide, who hires an architect? I'm going to build a building. Let me hire an architect to come up with the same sketch of the same bullshit building, which is already existing everywhere. How much did I pay him? Yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to build a skyscraper made of grass that looks like every other one. Is that it? We did all this 600 years ago. We built cathedrals and now we build this crap? Why? Everything is on purpose. It's all a psyop. It's all a psyop. When they're putting these models on there, the psyop is you don't have to try. You don't have to try at anything. Don't try. It doesn't matter. Just don't try. Wait for the government. We'll give you some food stamps. You'll be okay. It's Participation trophy. It's slavery. It's slavery. When you need to do every single thing they say to eat, that's their end goal. That's what they want. It's slavery. They don't want you trying anything. Even going to the gym today is an act of rebellion. Even being in good physical condition is an act of rebellion. If I put up a photo of me and I'm in good physical shape, there are people who write underneath it, oh, you're dumb, you train so dumb. They insult you for it. Like, it's a, you're a bad person because you have standards for yourself. That's the level of bug man they want to get you to. Of course, these people will give up meat and eat the bugs and live in the pod. Of course they will. They have no standards. They have no self-respect, no standards. Of course they can live in an ugly building, a big ugly matrix pod. That's all they want. Is it, is it somebody has to sell you on that? Or is it going back to conditioning? Or what would it be? Is it someone selling you or is it conditioning? And, 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 it, and it goes back to my original point about the family. 
I do believe that a reason we didn't have so many problems before is because I believe the families had standards. And some, some cultures still do. I have friends who are Chinese. My dad, I cannot not get an A. That's just their culture. When my dad was still alive and he was teaching chess, my dad would charge four or $500 an hour for chess lessons. And towards the end of his life, he goes, all of my students are Chinese or Indian. Nobody else wants to spend money, $500 an hour to teach their kids chess. Only the Chinese and Indians will spend that money to make sure their kid is that good. So that, that's it. They're the ones who invest the most in their children. They still care on that level. But most families don't wake up and go, ah, I want my children to act a certain way for the legacy, for the family name as a whole. I'm instilling standards upon them because of the last name. My entire life I've had standards in, instilled upon me. My entire life. Your last name's Tate, you can't do that. Your last name's Tate, you're not allowed to do that. Your last name's Tate, hit him back. I've been like that my whole life. And now we've removed all standards from everybody. This is why you get school shooters. These school shooters should be too embarrassed to even embarrass their fathers. They should wake up and go, I would never do this to my, to my family. And I'll also, this is definitely gonna get me canceled, but I'm gonna say it because it's true. I'll say it by extension for suicide. I don't care what you do to me. I'm Andrew Tate. I cannot kill myself. I can't. I'm not allowed. It's against, it's against the creed of my last name. I didn't have ancestors who suffered how they suffered, who went through what they went through for me to be born to kill myself. That's not why, that's not the end of my story. I refuse, I absolutely refuse. No matter how bad it gets or what bad situation I'm in, I refuse to do it because I have too much respect for my last name. I won't do it. And I, and I think that a lot of things, a lot of men's mental health, a lot of crises can actually just come back to the old adages of honor. And, and you can fix a lot of it. Your girl left you, you miss her. I get it, we've all been heartbroken, she's with a new guy, you're upset, she doesn't care, you care, I get all of it. But, there has to be a point where you get to a level of pride and you just go, that's not who I am. I lost her, that's life. You just got to get on with it. And the best way is to have, where do you find the strength when you're in these difficult situations? I always find the strength from, from my last name, I'm Andrew Tate. I'm agitated, so I just have to do it. I'm in a Romanian jail cell. I wake up, there's cockroaches in, in my bed. They're all over my face. Well, what am I gonna cry? Well, am I gonna bitch out? Am I gonna go and sign a piece of paper and say I'm guilty? I'm gonna sell my brother out? Is that what I'm gonna do? Am I gonna go fucking lie and, and, put these, and sell the girls out like they want me to? Am I gonna stand up and say I'm sorry for, for saying go to the gym like a pussy? No, I'm gonna take the cockroaches off my mouth. I'm gonna do some push-ups, because I'm Andrew Tate. When shit really gets hard, Honor and courage and bravery and your last name is all you've ever had. It's all you're gonna have. And it used to be like that in the olden days. That's why no one did this dumb shit. They were just too embarrassed to even do it. And this is why you're saying, how do we fix the country? Absolutely all of it comes down to the fact that, especially with men, none of them are bestowed with the things that the masculine essence needs to be a good man. You need pride, you need honor. You need a healthy level of ego. You need all of these things. We're taking it all from boys and what are we giving them instead? Video games, porn, weed. And what do you expect of these people? What do you expect of these shit versions of men besides trash output? You're gonna get garbage all across the spectrum. Either they're gonna do nothing or they're gonna do something bad. They're certainly not gonna do anything good when they don't try for anything in their lives. How are they gonna do something good? The scary thing about all of this is that there still are two teams in the world. And there, are, there is a side of the world where they don't accept this crap. How long is America gonna compete globally when you have countries like China and Russia and these other countries where they don't do this. I don't know if you saw, and uh, they did that survey to kids of what they want to be when they grow up. Did you ever see that? Yeah, it was crazy. Every American kid wanted to be a YouTuber. YouTuber yeah. Every Everyone. Chinese kid wanted to be an engineer or an astronaut. Yeah. Who owns the future? Who owns the future? 
We're in so much trouble. We're in so much trouble as a society, and what are we arguing over? It's insane. And what do they show you on TikTok, though? Oh, absolutely, exactly. But this, this, let's stay on this. You asked a very important question. Let's go back to it. We had the same amount of guns, 1950 per capita. Brandon, can you look at that per capita, how many guns we had in 1950 versus today? Yeah. But it's relatively the same. Gun laws haven't changed dramatically from 1950 till today. What's changed from then, then today? We took out God, God yep. out of school. Prozac was invented in 1987. Yep. The law to legalize advertising uh, drugs, big pharma in America was 1985. It's only two countries in the world that can advertise, us and New Zealand. Crazy. So you got God, you got Prozac, you got uh, 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 big pharma advertising, you got the, the LGBTQ movement that's taking place. You got all of that taking place to where we are today. So when you're talking about guns, what has changed? It's not the guns that's changed. Society has changed. Standards have changed. Completely. So, so how, do you, how do you fix that? So if that, if that is the biggest problem you're selling, yep. number one, here's a problem. Let me sell you why this is the problem. Okay, the people are like, you're right. I'm buying it. Give us a solution. What's the solution? Yeah, I think the solution comes back down to, to family values, and that's a very difficult question to answer because it's across the entire spectrum, right? I do feel like it's almost a race to the bottom for men and women now in the modern society. I don't think women are being very good women. I don't think men are being very good men. And I think both of that is accelerating against each other and it's a race to the bottom. How do you fix that? It's difficult. It's hard. And I still think one of the easiest ways to do that is God. I think if you bring back some degree of morality and some degree of standard to both sexes, I think things will start to get better. I can tell you right now, they talk about why does men not want to get married anymore. Men don't want to get married anymore. They come up with all these elaborate reasons. The main reason men don't want to get married anymore is because their girlfriend was with me for free. So why are they going to marry her? That's, that, that's the bottom line of it. Why would you, a, a white dress means virgin. Marry who? A girl from the club? Who your friends have been with? You want to marry her? Like when you remove all of the morality from life, you just end up in a scenario where the only possible logical move is to act without morals. Game theory, right? We sit there and we analyze things logically. If you're going to be, if, if all the women you meet are immoral, how are you going to act? You, well, you act morally, you get wrecked. So how do you act? Immorally. It's a race to the bottom. We have to fix society as a whole. And it comes down to even the most basic things, the most basic things like female promiscuity, the most basic things like men sticking up for their last name, the most basic things like men having to be too honorable and too proud to be out of shape or be poor or not take care of a woman. I'm not just talking about women, I'm talking about men. Any woman who's with me, her life is fixed. That is my job. I'm Andrew Tate. I would be embarrassed to have a girl say, I'm Andrew Tate's girlfriend and have to work her job if, unless she wanted to. She could do anything she wants. She's my chick. You can have anything. You run the world now. You're with the top G. Anything you want is mine. I'll take care of you in every single way, but you must take care of me. I take, take care of you financially and physically. You must protect me spiritually. You must do your job. It's a race to the bottom on both sides. And when you have two genders racing to the bottom and then a child is born, what do we expect from this child? Who's raising the child? The school, the TV, the internet. You trust these people? Look what they're injecting into them. So another thing that's very interesting, you talk about the 1950s, another thing that was different, in the 1950s, parents raised their kids. Who raises kids nowadays? School. School, internet, Twitch. How much time do you spend talking to your child compared to the programming they get from the Matrix? You're, you're losing in terms of pure minutes. You're losing. You can't even control what your child sees in school anymore. You don't even know. And when you find out, they do what they did in California. They're like, what? Most people don't even know this. You have children 15 years old, I've seen it on YouTube, arguing with their own parents, disagreeing with their own parents. The whole point of having children is to instill your values in them. 
I want my sons to be Emory Andrew Tate. They must think and act and be like me. And for someone, I've had people say to me, what if they're not? If they're not, they're not, that's fine. But the whole point of me having them was my lineage. That's the whole point of me suffering to raise them was my lineage. Why would I raise them to be anything other than what I believe I should be and they should be? That's the whole point of it. And I'm proud of that. I'm not going to sit and apologize for wanting my sons to be Tates. I'm not going to apologize for it. I don't care what the school wants them to believe. They believe what I want them to believe because they are mine. But all of that's gone. So then we also talk about what's different between the 1950s and today. These kids are being raised by people who aren't their parents. And whoever's raising them clearly ain't teaching them anything good. Teaching them, if you feel, feel, act how you feel. You can't tell men that, it's dangerous. You can't tell men to act how they feel. You can't tell men to not have emotional control. You can't tell men to cry anytime they want. Because men don't just cry sad, they cry angry. They cry very angry. You don't want that. You have to teach them stoicism. You have to teach them all of these things. And it's all gone. So, okay, so st st let's stay on this. This is actually a very interesting topic we're in from 1950s till today. So you're saying, uh, if somebody is a Tate, if somebody is my wife, if somebody is my son, you, you're going to be doing this. I'm not going to let a teacher X, Y, Z. Okay. Well, 85, 90% of America doesn't have the money to be able to Correct. put them in a, public, a private school. Correct. Where right now is June. If you go on YouTube or Twitter and look at Pride Month, everywhere, kids are coming to school. Parents, you know, teachers got these uh, Pride stuff going on all over the place. Parents are like, look, I'd love to put them in a private school, but even some private schools are doing it right now. Mm -hmm. In Florida, there is a private school. It's known one of the best private schools out there. You know which one I'm talking yeah, about? I, I won't mention it. Starts with the letter P. People yeah. should know what it is, but they all know who I'm talking about. We have a party at our house, okay? And baseball. My son, you know, so he's got a baseball. All the players are their parents. I'm talking to the parents. So, hey, meet one of the girls. So, what school do you go to? Oh, well, you know, uh, I was going to such and such school, but now I'm going to such and such school. Oh, really? Tell me why. The dad's like, yeah, it's just, you know, reasons. He gets uncomfortable. Yeah. I said, no, really, tell me why. I'm curious. Well, you know, I don't really want to get into it. I said, are you uncomfortable because it's political reasons? Well, yes. I said, well, let's just say you're safe yeah. to say it here. Yeah, yeah. He says, am I fully safe? Yeah. I said, what do I need to tell you for you to know you're fully safe? You're fully safe with us because you know my position. Yeah. He says, fair. He says, we took him out because they started asking my daughter to do X, Y, Z with pride to write on this. And she wrote a letter, yeah. a paper that was opposing the opinion yeah. and she failed the class because her opinion didn't match whatever they were saying and boom. Yeah. Now, so, so I said, what's going on with that private school? That school's 50 grand a year per kid. The one that's yeah. grooming. 50 grand 50 a year, grand per, a year kid. per kid. Yeah. There's an exodus from this school to go to other schools. So one, some parents don't have the option, Andrew, to say, you and I are not worried about it. I'm not worried yeah. about it, but the people I'm leading, they're worried about it. Absolutely. How do you fix it if you're that person without the resources you got? And that's another thing that's difficult because I have two answers to this question. I have the, the arrogant answer, not the answer that I believe I think is I helpful. know the arrogant one. We'll yeah. give both of them. Let's, I'll give both. Yeah. The one I actually believe is helpful. This is where I think things like we discussed earlier, like the Klan comes into, comes into effect, right? Imagine you had 18 kids from six or seven parents, groups of parents, and everyone's living together. The family unit, the, the energy and the ethos and the, the merits of that particular clan is gonna be so much stronger and difficult for the matrix to penetrate and break. 
Their best friends are the people they live with. The kids live with the other kids who believe the same as them. The parents all agree. When you're a clan, you're far more difficult to attack and assault. So I would say the first thing I would do if I was a parent of, of normal income, I would try and find other parents who agree with me and try and find other people who are ideologically sound. And I'd make sure that our, our children are friends and they spend the most time with each other. And I would try for us all to go on holidays together. And I would also put in conscious effort to try and deprogram. I don't think many parents say to their kids, what did you learn today? I'd be doing that not to check on the kid. I'd be doing the check, on the, check on the school. But let me challenge you what's going on. Sure. So let's role play. Go ahead. Ask me the question. What did you learn at school today? So today we learned that, you know, uh, Dylan Mulvaney had the courage to stand up for her beliefs. And she's a, uh, she's a hero because she's out there and she's helping a lot of other people that are going through challenging times be able to stand up for themselves. Okay. What are you going to tell me? I would say, why do you think they want you to believe that? What do you mean that? Why do you think they want you to believe that? They've told you something. Yeah. I don't believe that's true. What they've done is lie to you. Why do they want you to believe that? Perfect. So say you now convince me I'm your son. Yeah. Great. I go to school tomorrow. Yeah. Ready? Correct. Now I'm in school. Correct. Hey, Miss Jones says, hey, Patrick, so tell me, so what did you think about this as this you have to write this paper? Well, let me tell you, last night I was having a conversation with my dad, yeah. and my dad told me, why do you want me to believe that? Yeah. Then comes the phone call. Yep. And then now you're cornered as a parent, and now what do you say to the school? Say I'm the school, role play. Correct. And this is, and I can't role that's play what, it by myself. That's it's what difficult. I'm that's it's difficult. The point. And this is the exact point why you need a clan, you need a network, you need other parents. If I was a parent and my child yeah. was going to public school, I'd be extremely interested in finding other parents whose kids were going to that public school. Yeah, you have the PTA meetings, etc. But there has to be a degree of strength in numbers. It's hard. You can say homeschooling. That's the that's the cop out. But the other answer, the more arrogant answer to this, is actually an answer I gave after the subway incident. You know in New York with the subway where they choked the guy mm -hmm. and he died? Yep. I get asked all the time, Andrew, what would you have done in that scenario? It's a very difficult scenario. I mean, we can argue whether he choked him too long, whether he was trying to protect sure. people. There's a bunch of arguments. But it's very unfortunate. This goes back to what I was saying earlier. You can no longer just be the average man, the average citizen. I insulate myself from so many problems with money. I know this is a terrible thing to say and people aren't going to like hearing it, but it's true. I never have to worry about some garbage on the subway. I never have to worry about do I stand up and defend this woman or allow her to get attacked because they're going to put me in jail. I never have to worry about some fight on a plane because the ticket was $40. I never have to worry about my kid going to learn something they don't want to learn. I don't have to worry about any of this because money protects me, right? So when I say this, like if I have a girl and she's saying all you do is work, you need to be a dad too. I'm being a dad by being rich. That's me being a dad. That's how I protect you all. I'll work 18 hours a day every single day. That's me being a dad more than almost anything. That's how I protect you and everybody else from all this insanity. It's the only way to do it because you need to be flexible. We're fully on the same page. I'm on the same page as you. I also went and made the money so I get to pick and choose. Yeah. What I'm talking about is a message because the reality is not everybody is going to go out there and make the Correct. 10 a month or Correct. whatever you make. It's just not going to happen. Correct. The, the market's not set up that way. Correct. Quite frankly, not everybody brings that kind of value to the market Correct. to garner that kind of pay. You Correct. know that, I know that. Correct. Okay. How can you and I help the audience that is sitting there, great citizens, yep. net positive. Yep. They take their kids to church on Sundays. Yep. They work their butts off. They're doing their best to keep their marriage together as hard as it is. Yep. They're paying the bills for the kids. They're making 80 grand, 120 household income. Yep. They can't talk like you and you're, I. You're right. What do they do? You're right. Let's so, give them the solution. You're right. So if I was them, here's what I would do. I would make sure that my family had core parameters and core beliefs that we believed in, and I would fact check everything my child was told against those core parameters and core beliefs. So let's say one of our core parameters and core beliefs was hard work. We believed in hard work and dedication. When they came home and told me something about uh, body shaming or the fact that models can change, I'd say, does that agree with the beliefs 
and the, the merits that this family has decided we are going to operate under? Yes or no? I would have a framework, I would have a gate which ideas have to penetrate through. Every idea has to be fact-checked against a gate, a parameters of set values that was stuck to my last name. Honor, courage, discipline, hard work, whatever those parameters are. And I'd say to my child every day, what did you learn in school? I'd listen to it and I'd say, does that align with our value on this? And also, I'd make this very clear because this was done to me as a child. I'd make it very clear to my children that they're exceptional. I think every single person is exceptional for different reasons. We talk about normal children, normal families, that, uh, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean they're not an exceptional individual. They can still be an exceptional person. Totally. Who knows? Who who knows yeah. what they might become? Sure. I'd say you're an exceptional. You don't believe what everyone else in that school is told to believe just because it is said. You're an exceptional person and we have a framework we operate under because your last name is X and our framework is this. Does that align with hard work and dedication? No, it doesn't. Why are they trying to tell you that? Because they're trying to attack the framework which you need to be successful. My father said to me when I was young, you are now, my father had many, many quotes and I use them all the time, but one of my favorites was, I allow manipulation to find out where my enemy wants me to go. And then I use my mind to break the trap and punish the perpetrators. That's, exact, that's the exact line I will tell my child. I'll say, they've attempted to manipulate you. We've allowed it. I allowed you to go to school and listen to this. Why were they trying to manipulate you? Where do they want you to go? They want to take you away from discipline. Yeah. They want to take you away from hard yeah. work. Now we're going to use our minds to break the trap. We now know what they want. My father explained this saying to me, and he said why it was so important, and it's true. If you don't allow them to manipulate you at all, you don't know where they want you to end up. You might get tricked another way. You might take another road to the same destination. Mm -hmm. You allow the manipulation. Tell me what you want me to believe. Tell me what you want me to understand. Allow them to manipulate me all the way to the end. I see the end goal. Yep. This is what you want. No. And this is what I would teach my children, explain. Your time in school is gonna teach you some very important things that you need to know. And they're also attempting to psyop you and trick you and poison your mind. And we are gonna discuss daily, built within our family framework, within the code of our last name, to see which are true and which are lies. It takes work, like everything else on earth. It takes work, and I know it's hard. Parents are out there, they're working, they haven't got time, yeah. their kids are on the internet. It's difficult, but you have to put the work in because you are <clears throat> almost fighting an enemy for the minds of your children now. You know what I think, you know what I think is, that's great, F very good feedback, but, so I lived in Iran, yeah. and in Iran, you'd go out there and you'd say, so hey, listen, people are asking about religion, don't talk about it. Yeah. Are we Christians? I don't know. Yeah. Talk to my mom and dad. You don't need to answer the question, yeah. right? Because there's that fear. Yeah. So parents are teaching kids to not talk about their values and principles. The element that parents fear what the school's gonna say to them, and not give the kids the best grades because imagine you got a 10th grader or even a senior if you really say what you believe in that teacher gives you a c you don't get the a to get the 4.3 gpa yep. to get the scholarship because you yep. can't afford it you have to be like constantly like yep. this so parents are telling their kids look whatever i'm telling you don't tell them i think it's i think it's bigger than that i think a part of it is i think a part of it is this is the first time we had stats and i don't know how long this was where uh, kids no longer, uh, kids graduating high school are not valuing a four-year college as much as they did before, mm -hmm. okay? That is a threat to the establishment because they can't be a control, right? Yeah. Number two is there is an element, when I'm watching this video with these parents yesterday in Glendale, and this is where I grew up, this is my street. I grew up Broadway and Verdugo, right next to that uh, post office. I'm 200 yards away from the high school is where I grew up and I lived on uh, uh, Doran for a couple of years before I went to Wilson Junior High School. And I'm seeing these parents upset, like, how is this? This is common sense, leave these kids alone. Yeah. I think there's gotta be an element 
of those parents coming together in yeah. a form of a strike, yeah. I believe, yeah. to say, if you want the tax-funded money that's being given to your school district, hey, we're not coming. We're going to decide to do schooling together, and we're going to use this place or that place or this facility and that facility because they have to feel the pain. They cannot do that to the kids. So my only messaging with what you're saying right now, number one rule is what? Go start a part-time income, make an additional three grand a month so you can send them to the private school that they're yeah. teaching right values for. Okay, that's number one. Two, I can't afford to do that. Three, this is the other option that you got. Yeah, and you're right. And Trump said it in his book, The Art of the Deal. He said, if you're not prepared to walk away, you can't negotiate. And that's the same with absolutely everything. If, you have, if there's never a bottom line in which you say enough, then you can't negotiate, you have no negotiating position. We talk about this when it comes to children in schools, but this is also very applicable for relationships. I've had girls who say to me, you know what, I was watching TV and they were saying that, I don't know, X, Y, Z. And I would say, listen, I take care of you, I love you very much. I'm gonna make sure you have everything you've ever wanted. I'm gonna make sure you're physically safe. That's why you're not gonna go walking home alone drunk. It's not because I'm a misogynist. It's not because I dislike you. It's not because I'm controlling. It's not because I'm manipulative. It's because it's for your safety and your safety to a degree is my responsibility. But I saw on the news X, Y, Z. If you believe the news over me, then go find another man. You have to be prepared to walk away, right? This is the bottom line of it. This is what I personally believe. Uh, These, are with you. These are my values. These are my values. And this is what I personally believe. Yep. If, you're, and if, if she says, well, no, I'm not listening to you and I stay with her anyway, well, then it's over, isn't it? And then she's going to do whatever she wants. But not everybody can do that because you've earned the right. Of Again, course. The, the, the proposition you're offering so high that they have to sit there and say, I can't lose this guy. Completely. And yes. this is where we go back to the original point about how difficult it is to be the average man now. I, it's, it's becoming more and more difficult. We're in a position now where you have a racetrack and you have Ferraris and Nissans. And yeah, we can discuss how the Nissan might beat the Ferrari, but the truth is, it's hard. It's very, very hard. If I was a man and I was starting all over again, I would, be do, I would do the same things I did. I would wake up and say, okay, this game is extremely difficult. My best chance is to level up my character to a point where the game becomes easy. Because life does become easy at a certain point. Yes, now I'm in a very unique situation. But before this situation, I had only three problems in my life, my health, which I take care of, my woman, who I take care of, and money. I, that was it. If I made enough money, I had no other problems. If you're broke, you have lots of small problems. Yeah. The, the car doesn't start, the school fees are coming up, whatever, we need new clothes for the kids. I had one problem to fix. If I fix my one issue, everything else is fixed. You get to a point in life where someone goes, oh, we've got an issue, how much? Tell me the number. I don't even want to know the ins and outs. Just do the transfer, make it go away. So. Yeah, as a man, I think you have that imperative to understand that the video game of life as a man is exceptionally difficult. And especially as you get older, as you progress with the levels, it gets harder. It's getting harder and harder. You need to level up your character. This is what amazes me when men go, I struggle with motivation. How can you struggle with motivation in the modern world? Are you asking to just lose? Are you asking to just be erased from humanity? Yep. Are you asking to be invisible? How can you be an 18 year old man and say, I don't have the motivation to train as hard as possible and get as rich as possible. You are born to lose if you don't have motivation at 18. In the modern world, as competitive as it is, all those girls, those 18 year old girls you go to school with are talking to some 28 year old man on a, with a yacht somehow. And you're sitting there lonely and you don't have motivation? You must be out of your mind. The only way to win this game is to become as powerful as possible. It's difficult and it's getting harder and harder. And this is why I teach the things I teach to men. You can't just be Joe Schmo and win anymore. That, those days are over. You have to be something else. The challenge those young men have though, it's not, sometimes not even their fault. Why? 
single mother, yep. raised by a single mother. Yep. They've been indoctrinated and they heard the future is female a yep. million times. Yep. Next thing you know, they're 18. They kind of have this victim mentality. Yep. It's almost not even their fault some of these times. Oh, completely. We're all in our late 30s, early 40s. We've, we've grown up. Play, I played football in school. Yep. He's an athlete, bodybuilder. Obviously, you're a kickboxing champion. We've had coaches. We've had people kick our ass. Yeah, yeah. We didn't grow up with participation trophies. We've had our asses kicked. Yep. We've gone through shit. Now we are the shit. Yep. A lot of these young guys playing video games, addicted to porn. They yep. grow up with a phone in their hand, yep. raised by women. They don't have... They weren't raised how we were raised. How do you teach those kids though? Well, that's why they don't, that's exactly what they don't want me doing. That's why they're trying to put me in jail. Because I managed to become, I, I, I'm not for a second bragging, but I've, the, the size of the movement that I created, I turned up in Slovenia. I don't know if you've ever seen that video with the Bugatti where everyone's going, top G, top G. That's mm. the capital of Slovenia. I can't even pronounce it, Ljubljana or something. I've never been there before. Slovenia, where even is it? Like, I can barely find it on a map. I know roughly where it is. If you want a guaranteed way to get in touch with me, maybe you have a business idea, maybe you want some fashion tips, maybe you just want to connect, you could find me on Minect. This is what I was saying earlier on about how complicated masculinity is, but I broke it down to those three basic tenets because even a teenage boy can understand if you get enough money and enough power and enough powerful friends and enough sexual access that you're gonna be able to build yourself to a man of, I can cry now. I've qualified to cry. When you're an 18 year old boy, you can't, you shouldn't be crying. You should be focused and you should be an animal and you should be training, you should be working hard and you should be listening, you should be going to coaching. I'm now at a level where I'm allowed to cry. I understand all the different elements of being a man. I understand the tapestry of masculinity fully. I can cry if I decide to, I've qualified for that. But before you get to that point, you have to go through all the hard shit. And the hard shit, I've broken down to the three basics. And I think that's why they're coming to attack me so heavily. Because genuinely, because of what you just said, I'm telling kids things. And especially people often ask me, especially Matrix Media, they say, why did you get so big? Because I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth, which every man knows is intrinsically true in his heart because God has instilled him with a, a basic degree of morality of right and wrong. I'm saying things to a 17 year old boy and he's going, this is the, he makes sense. I get it. Everything I was told so far just didn't quite click, but this does. And that's what they're so scared of. And I agree with you, you're, you're completely right. And this goes back to once again, we were saying about last names, family values. The number of times I was told I couldn't do something because of my last name. I think that was my whole childhood. <laughs> my whole childhood is, well, you're a Tate. Dad, I got an A. Of course, you're a Tate. It wasn't even, it was just like, duh. Of course you got an A. But what else are you gonna get, a B? What, you a dummy? <laughs> That's who I was my whole life. I had standards exacted on me. And I've even heard like psychologists, I have a big problem with psychologists. I don't like them as a whole. I'll tell you some of my scenarios. I've, I've, I've had conversations with psychologists. There's a couple good ones, but there's a lot of them who I don't like. And they, they, their ideas are, oh, you raise children, don't put standards on, don't put pressure on them. How are they gonna perform without pressure? Do you have pressure to perform in your business? Because I certainly do, I certainly do. Pressure I, makes diamonds. You think I didn't have pressure to perform when I sat down with the BBC and they tried to set me up? You think I didn't realize instantly? Okay, war, she's ready. You think, I, you think there's no pressure? You think there's no pressure when they try and stab you to death? There's no pressure in life? You're gonna raise a child and say, don't give him no pressure, give him no standards, so he can just be a kid. And what's he gonna mold into? Absolutely and early not. Life is pressure, especially as a man. You need to have these exacting standards. That's how it is. My whole life was a pressure to perform to my last name. That's all it's always ever been. I don't know how anyone's raised any other way. So yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's a very difficult problem to fix. I agree with you, it's a very difficult problem to fix. But I think it starts with baseline things. And this is also why I feel like I have such a duty to act. I'll give you an example. If I could lie right now for $10 million, 
and nobody would find out. Nobody. I still couldn't do it because God would know and he'd punish me sooner or later. I really truly believe that I would pay the price for that lie. I truly believe it. I think when you're, if you're a man and you're growing up and you're saying, how do I act? What do I do in this scenario? What would God want you to do? Tell the truth. You'd be amazed how far just telling the truth will get you. In any situation, I can give you benign situations that don't even matter. Your girlfriend caught you. Oh, and no, and I barely know her. Just say yes. Sorry. I love you. I'd love to stay together. But you did this. Sorry. I'm leaving. Okay, goodbye. Next day she's back. You just tell the truth. It could have gone on for weeks. She could have kept spying. She could have called the girl. All this drama. Just sometimes in life, you just man up and tell the truth. That's why in my current scenario, when I was saying earlier, I think that's my, the only way you're free, by the way. Yeah, oh, completely. The only way you're truth free. Truth shall set you free. It shall set you free. When I was saying earlier, the incompetence of my enemies is scaring me, and I don't know exactly what to do. All I can do is just tell the truth all the time. I'm going to tell the truth all the time. I'm going to say what I mean and mean what I say, and I'm going to tell the truth, and that's who I'm going to be. That's what I think is the best yeah. thing for me to do in the current scenario. But we're not even instilling that in children anymore. We're not even telling children how important it is to not lie. Well, but, but that's, that's also part of what you're talking about. I want to show you this stat because a guy sent it to me. And then we'll put this for the audience to see as well. Percentage of gun ownership from 1972 till today. Same thing. Exactly the same. If you look at the numbers, pretty much the same thing. So what's been the biggest difference is a lot of these things that we just talked about. By the way, that question you asked from 1950 till today, the candidate that's talking about this, again, I went, up and went back to politics, RFK is talking about this. Yeah. And I think it's a very important thing to talk about because it's making people go research and see for themselves and to ask the question, what really did change? Uh, completely. We've had this all the time. Completely. What became legal? Why completely. are we adding all these pharmaceuticals to yeah. you know, kiss the tape? Yeah. Uh, what, what else would it be outside of that? So, so that, that was the foundation, which I agree with you. Household, values, principles, kids, men, raising them better. Yeah. What else would you see as a challenge from an outside. And then I got part two of the question for you. Yeah, it's... it's Anything else where you say, you know, X, Y, Z would also, by the way, I love the way you say Nissan and status. I just love the way you pronounce those <laughs> yeah. two words, man. For a second you said Nissan, I'm like, what is Nissan? And then I realized what you're talking about. Well, I remember when I was young, other people's parents would tell me off. Do you remember that? Did you ever get that yeah, when you were young? Of course. Other people's parents yeah. would come up and like, yeah. you better not. random adults would just tell me yeah. off. I was scared of every grown-up. Every grown-up had a degree of authority, just random adults. We can't do that anymore. There was just a degree of community that's certainly not really lost. And asking me how to bring it back is difficult. It's very hard. And that's one of the reasons why I've become so religious recently, because I think that God is definitely part of that. And that's also the reason I want to live in the clan I live in. That's why it is. My brother can tell my kids off, no problem. If I came home and Tristan's like, I, I, I had to scream it all, I'd be like, good. I trust him in his judgment. Good. Scream at them then. Good. They're children. Also, sometimes, you know what? Kids need to be yelled at sometimes. Why not yell at them? What are they going to do? It's a, life's hard. Life's hard. The way we pander and baby children, especially, is, is, is insane. I was talking about this the other day. I was talking about how I have a, a pet peeve, and one of my pet peeves is, is painkillers. And I was being typical me, and I was going over the top. But I was saying, I was argu not arguing, I was discussing with this guy. This guy said, have you got any aspirin? I said, there's no aspirin in my house. And he said, why? I said, brother, you are not facing 1% of the life difficulties I am facing. Think about it. No government's trying to lock you up. The matrix isn't after you. They're not trying to frame you. Nobody wants you dead. When God finally gives you a tiny headache to give you something to show you're half a man, a little bit of resilience, you pussy out and take an aspirin. Can't you just have a headache? 
Just have a headache. And not only just have a headache, have a headache and don't mention it, because I don't care. So don't even talk about it. Nobody needs to know. <laughs> just have a headache and be quiet. I have a headache, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Do you want therapy? You want sympathy? Nobody cares you have a headache. Shut up. It kind of goes back into my original conversation when I was saying I don't like psychotherapists and all their garbage, because they're constantly, I don't believe in, I've, I've had conversations with therapists a few times, and my biggest detractors and enemies say, you need to talk to a therapist. The last <laughs> conversation I had with a therapist didn't go very well. I said I didn't believe in uh, most of their field and that it was garbage. And she said, why? And I said, because there are some boys who don't drink alcohol because their dad was an alcoholic, and there are some boys who are alcoholics because their dad was an alcoholic. You have the same scenario and different outcomes. So I don't believe in it. And she said, well, no, it's not an exact science, but we have generalized rules that we can follow that lead to patterns of behavior. I said, but I'm not a generalized person. I'm an exceptional person. So everything you've learned and everyone you've ever spoken to and everything in your books does not apply to me because I'm an exceptional and I'm smarter than you and I've done things you could never do and I'm a world champion athlete and I'm richer than you'll ever be. So nothing you know can possibly apply to my, my, my mindset. So why are we sitting here talking? What was the reaction? She just wrote things down on a piece of paper. <laughs> Probably called me an arrogant piece of shit. Probably said he's a, don't like this guy. Complete narcissist, egomaniac, yeah, who knows what's going on But here. I'm right. Yeah. There's nothing you've learned in your you book that applies to people. It doesn't apply to me. It doesn't apply to me. So I don't want to hear it. Don't care. Don't care. And, and this whole idea, this goes back to the thing about uh, painkillers. That's something I didn't just make up. That's from my dad. I remember being at my friend's house and I remember him saying I need an aspirin and he had an aspirin. I remember just being a child and coming home and saying I want an aspirin. I remember my dad going, for what? You're a kid. Shut up. No, you're not popping pills. And I remember my mother going, it's only an aspirin. No, well, nothing wrong with you. Your body is, is going to go through the same damage it's suffering, if any at all, whether you feel the pain or not. Man up. Get over it. It comes down to the details. It's like if you're a professional fighter and you get to a certain level, your coach, once you've been training for 10 years, your coach is honing you on the details. It's the tiniest details that make you a predator. The tiny things. Mayweather does 1% better than the guy he beats. It's the tiny details. So simple things like denying a child a painkiller when you know there's nothing wrong with them. I'm not, I'm not saying if he had surgery, he can't have painkillers. I'm saying if he walks in, there's nothing actually wrong with the kid. Say no. It's all the tiny little things you need to do to instill pain, you need to instill that resilience inside of them. I was in jail and I could just hear crying and sobbing from every cell but mine. Everyone's in there having a mental breakdown but me. And the, the most thing, the scariest thing about my position I think it's the position for most people who end up in jail in Romania because of how the legal system works and the extensions and that. You don't know how long you're in there for. You don't know. It could be a year, could be five, could be three days. That's what messes with your brain. You're like, do I prepare for six months of this? Do I prepare for five years of this? What's going on? Nobody knows. Everyone's in there having mental breakdowns but me. Why did I not have a mental breakdown? Because I've had too much crap happen to me too many times and never took the painkiller, never took the easy way out, never asked for the therapist, never been a bitch about it. This is how life works. There's no way to the top besides the difficulty and the pain and the trauma. I say, I, 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 I'm really flabbergasted that there's men out here who still believe they're gonna somehow become something of importance without it. Of course she broke your heart. Good, 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 good. I'm tired of people complaining and crying about it. That's the game, that's the life. So yeah, it comes down to tiny things, even down to painkillers, smallest things. My dad used to, another thing my dad used to make me do, he used to just make me drink water. I remember being a kid and it would upset me. I'd be sitting there playing chess or whatever, he'd say, go drink two liters of water. And I'd go and I'd get some water and I'd start drinking it and say, I'm not thirsty, I don't want to drink the rest. And he'd stand there and make me drink all two liters. Now I understand it was just compliance. Two liters of water is not going to hurt me. 
Not gonna hurt me. Do I really need it? Who knows? I drank a liter. Why do I have to drink all two? Because he said so. That was the household. If I was, if I tried to rebel, I really don't want it. I'm not thirsty. Da -da. You're gonna drink that water. That's it. That's it. And it's all these tiny things that instill discipline in you. Over a long enough time frame, drink water. Yes, sir. Bring that to compliance today, though. Bring that to compliance today. Say your dad is uh, uh, around today, yep. and you're 12 years old, yep. and you're living in Ohio. Yep. Okay. And your dad is teaching you compliance. Yep. And your dad says, okay, so now teacher in school tells you what to do. He's right, he's this, he's that. What is the uh, uh, angle you're taking at that time? Yeah, and that's another thing that's difficult because back then it was much easier to say you shouldn't get in trouble at school. Right. Much easier. Than Today's kind of like a badge of honor almost. Almost. You stand up. Almost. And, and it is hard. But my loyalty was always to my last name above anything else. This just depends where your loyalty lies. I think that everyone, when we talk about, we can link back into religion and talk about atheists. I don't think there's such thing as an atheist nowadays. I think everyone has a religion. If you're not religious to God, you're religious to either this woke agenda or you're religious to a political party yep. or you're religious to some kind of perversion. Yep. Everyone's religious to something. You have to decide what is your most loyal to above everything. You have to put these things in hierarchy or order. In our last, in our last talk, I said, to, I said this, a lot of people hold beliefs and they don't know where they got them from or why they hold them. They, there's people walking around who believe things and they don't know where it came from or why they so strongly believe it. They don't even have any personal experience to link it to. You truly believe two plus two is five. Why? Oh, because it just is. And the news and the news. No, no. What happened to you that made you believe? Nothing's even happened to you. Yep. And you believe this with your complete core. Yep. You've been psyoped. I, I know where my loyalties lie. I've had them in order. I know who, who, I, put, who I put above others. I absolutely not really know. And sometimes in the most harsh situations on earth, there's going to be scenarios in life which are completely and utterly, they're unexpected and they're exceptionally rare where you have to make very difficult choices. But I know my, my hierarchy. I know. I know if I was in a position, a hypothetical, where I had to choose between my brother or my girl, I, there wouldn't be a, oops, what do I do? I know the choice. It's never been the case between the two of you? It's never been the case between us yet. But if it happened, I know it would be. I've had girls say, I, I've had girls try and give me the line. I've had girls do it. I've had girls say, if you're going to live with your brother, then it's going to be No, weird. that's not what I'm asking. What I'm asking is, has a girl ever come in between you guys since you were kids? Never. 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 It, it's impossible. That's because of the value taught down. Completely. It's, absolute, it's absolutely impossible. So the hierarchy of compliance and respect at that time, last thing was first. Yep. Where would it be today? If you're raising kids today, yep. what is number one? Is it God? It is God. Is it me second? Then, then who? No, it is God. It's God first and then it's the last name and the legacy in my teachings. I think it has to be God first. I think it has to be God first because God is the only thing that can resist this insanity. Yep. What is happening is truly evil. This is not some different worldview. No, it is evil because it is dishonest. Anything that is dishonest must be evil. It is a lie. All of it is a lie. It is constructed deliberately to be a lie. It's deliberately constructed to alter the minds of people to believe in lies. It is evil. So it has to be God first because God is truth. And I believe if I have children who put God first and then put respect for the last name and the things I've taught them second, it's very hard to corrupt them. How are you going to truly corrupt these people? It's going to be very difficult. And that's what I always try and do. And that's how I was raised. I, I was raised in a Christian family. I was actually raised religiously. Then I thought I was smart when I became atheistic. Because, yeah, there's a lot wrong with the world. And obviously, I'm, I've already apologized for that and understand I was completely wrong. But respect for my last name, even to this day, is still there. I, and, and, and that's why I say to my girlfriend, if we were walking down the street and 10 men approached with machetes, I'd just have to die. I can't be Andrew Tate ran away. I just can't.
I can't be Andrew Tate and ran away. I can't do it. <laughs> that's, that's the bottom line. If you're living in this clan, right? You're living here, your family, yeah. Tristan's family. Yeah. You're raising your family. Yeah. Muslim, Islam. Yeah. Your brother's still Christian. Yep. How's that going to work? Well, there's one if God. God's first. There's one God. There's, I truly believe there's different paths to God. I truly believe that. Like I said, I'm not a religious scholar, but it says in the Quran, people of the book. Even, a, even a, as a Muslim man, I'm allowed to marry a Christian woman. They are of the book. It's only atheists that the Quran has a problem with because there's something morally corrupt with them. But if you're a person of the book, a person of faith, we don't, we're not even, even says inside the Quran, we're not supposed to convert you or insult you. We're not here to insult you or correct you. There's one path, there's different paths to the one God. I truly believe that. And I also, another thing I'll say about clan living, in my experience, I think that men quite often get along in those scenarios. If anyone is hearing the idea of this and love the idea of this, but they feel like it would be argumentative or there'd be problems, I think that comes from the women. I think it's when women don't like each other or the woman's in the man's ear. You're too bitch with the guys. That I think the women are more against it than the men for some reason, unless you have a very strong frame in the relationship. I don't have that problem, but in general. The men get along. The men love it. I think, I think it's quite firm and quite, and, and quite uh, rigidly installed inside of the basic psyche of men. We like that. Men feel best in a gang, in a group. It's, it's why we charge at the gunfire. When we're with our boys, it's when we feel strongest. It's why we go out and drink and party when you're with your guys. There's something inside of you, you just feel like on fire. I think men have that. A lot of the time it doesn't seem to work and it breaks down because women can be unhappy in certain scenarios. But this is why, especially in, in, in some ethnic communities where the gender roles are more specific and defined, where the man is in charge and the woman does this, they can live, all live together in peace. It's much easier for them. Like I said, I grew up in a, in, a, in a town full of Muslims. They'd have 10 families in one house. Women cooked, cleaned, looked after the children, looked after their man. The men all worked, made a bunch of money. Bunch of average ass jobs and they were all millionaires in five to six years. Minect is an application which allows you to take a minute to connect with influencers from all around the world. My name is Andrew Tate and I'm available to speak directly to you on Minect. So if you like this clip and you wanna watch another one, click right here and if you wanna watch the entire podcast, click right here.